Welcome to Elevate Your Event, your go-to podcast for transforming fundraising events. Join us weekly for expert tips and creative ideas to make your next event a standout success. Welcome to the second part of Psychology of Bidding. If you missed the first one, make sure you go back to your podcast provider and take a listen. Today in studio, we conclude our conversation with Marissa Walters from Wild Hair Auctions. We're also joined by Jeff Porter, CEO and founder of Handbid, as well as Elise Druckenmiller, our client services extraordinaire. Enjoy. Okay, we talk about this all the time. Right. Let's yep. dive into a couple of these and under, you know, the kind of the concept of creating a sense of urgency. Remember, auctions are about scarcity and that's scarcity of time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And then it's also competition. Right. And then so when you put all those together, there's an urgency that gets created. So what are some things that we could do to create that sense of urgency? Well, highlight the scarcity. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, so this is a one-of-a-kind. Limited avail- Yes, one-of-a-kind. Can't buy it in store. Limited availability. And sometimes those are hard to get. I mean, I, I get it. Like, I mean, it's easy sometimes to just say, I'm going to go to Home Depot and with all these gift cards, and I'm going to buy a DeWalt drill. Right. And somebody's going to bid on it, and it's going to be fine. But they're not scarce. No. <laughs> no, but you can also, I think that's the other piece, too, that, like, it's organizations digging deep and realizing what do you have within your toolbox yeah. that can be that scarcity. So it's right. not always that, like, oh, you get to have dinner with the mayor. That's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's like, what within our organization is something that a person would, would go, you know what? I get to do that with that person within our space yes. and that's huge so it doesn't always cost the money or it's not that most gettable item it's something that's that means something to your your donor base yeah. for sure and so for us at our event years and years ago that used to be making ravioli with my mother-in-law who mm-hmm. is full-blooded 90 I, I think she came back and she was shocked from 23andme that it, it, it was like 99.8 percent <laughs> italian <laughs> and she's like where'd the other two percent go i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know where it went either. She speaks fluent Italian. She acts like an Italian. And she cooks like an Italian. And so she makes her own homemade ravioli. And so right. she would have people over. And that's what you would do. And then you would eat it. You'd, mm-hmm. she'd, so you'd come over one afternoon. You would do it. And then you'd schedule that dinner. And you had a gourmet meal, right, with the wine and the you know, salad and the ravioli. This and, sounds amazing. It does. Can we do I, that? Well, yeah. this thing would go for four or five right. grand for six people. Right? You're not... I mean, that's scarcity. Right. Well, it right? is, and I think the thing about that one, too, it's not even about the wine and the and the salad and the addition. It's that experience with your mother-in-law, yes. right? That actual making of the item. That's huge. Right. Mm-hmm. Now it's my brother-in-law that is making the ravioli. <laughs> Are they as good? <laughs> oh, he's probably listening to this podcast. Yes. 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 He's, they, a, yes. he's a very skilled cook. And so I would say he's learned from the best. <laughs> that's but, awesome. But definitely they're good. Um, but it doesn't have the Italian appeal because he's not Italian. <laughs> but anyway, um, this one comes up a lot. Um, talking about bid increments. And um, so in terms of creating a sense, there are different schools of thought on on not only where to set bid increments, but whether you should adjust them and how should you adjust them, Mm -hmm. right? And as an auctioneer, you've seen this, right? I mean, if you're, you know, you've got a lot of people bidding and there's a lot of interest, you jump those bid increments, right? Because you're trying to get that thing up as high as possible. And then when the bidding slows down, you... You take it back Drop a little it bit. Down. Exactly, because you want to bring mm-hmm. them back in. Yeah, so it's like you know, it was at five thousand. I'm asking six. No one's bidding six. How no one's 55? bidding six. No one's. How about fifty five? Yep. Someone bids fifty five. Then you go to six. No one's bidding six. You go to fifty six hundred or whatever. Yep. Right? Yeah. So yes, that works. Okay, and you're jumping those bidding right. rounds around. It also works in a silent auction. I found that interesting because yes. it's not something I honestly think about. Yeah. 
And I like that. Yeah. So we always are, you know, so here's the thing is it, what would be interesting to do with software, and we've talked about doing this with Hamvid, is to have the, the system intelligently bounce them around based on the, not just the price, because price is kind of a, it's like a but dumb the engagement. metric. Yeah. It's the engagement, engagement. that matters. Yeah. It's not the price, Mm-mm. right? So sure, the starting bid increment does matter. And yes. we have some clients that like, we had a client that did a lot of Disney auctions and every item had a $5 bid increment on it. And they would do 15,000 bids in an auction. Yeah. Okay. And they that's what they wanted. Right. Right. But what would have been e- in- more interesting to do is to say, what what would I set the bid increment at if I were getting five bids, 10 bids, 15 bids a minute right. on this item? In some cases, maybe 15 bids a second. So- I think that would be something that would be way more interesting mm-hmm. than what you see in a lot of the commercial packages out there that are like, if the item is from zero to five dollars, put it at a one dollar increment. Yes, five to twenty five, put it at a two dollar increment. I'm like, mm. when you also get like fatigue, right? There is a point that I still want that item, but if I've bid twenty five times, if five dollar right. increments, I'm kind of done. Right. Exactly. You know? And I've seen people like massively just jack up the price. And I I used to see this on paper bid sheets too. Really? I would see, like people would go through on a paper bid sheet and say you set it low on mm-hmm. a paper bid sheet, which people historically didn't do, but you sit there and you'd see, you know. One dollar. <laughs> well, maybe like five bucks. So you see five, 15, 20. And so after this guy bid five times, you see some guy at the right bottom right, 75 bucks. Like just, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Of, I'm yeah, done. I'm sick of coming yes. back to the, I don't, I don't want to wait in line. <laughs> I really want to enjoy my cocktail and my friends. That's like, right. I'm done writing my name down. <laughs> exactly. So Which, I do think that adjusting bid increments is something that can work, um, but not in the way that I think historically it's been done in the mm-hmm. past. Because auction, obviously auctioneers are human. They're smart. They can do this on right. the fly. You know, but software needs to do something very similar mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Let's talk about duration. You want to talk about duration in in – time yeah like a reasonable auction duration yes. um yeah I, don't run your auction for two months no <laughs> no people i think people get bored even two, like two weeks they do like well that's what i always think about it. i tell people like my my preference is always like the the tuesday or the wednesday before if it's like a friday or a saturday auction because yeah. if you open it that sunday before they look at it and then they're bored and they forget by the time it's time for the auction right. you mm-hmm. know well I, I love early bidding in the, in the concept that it gets people prepared yep. yes and excited and engaged and all the things that you want so this whole idea that auctions should only run for two hours at the event it doesn't work because uh-uh. people are too distracted if that's the only thing they're doing for two hours fine but yep. it's not right they're mm-hmm. at the bar they're chatting with their friends or you know well, and eating you, hors d'oeuvres totally and, and yeah. you find that that's when the auction manager comes to you and goes well, we have no bids like what do we do and you're like well you need to leave it open right, right. you know you can't just have a two-hour auction because right. check-in and then chatting with your friends and hanging your coat just took an hour right not right. the check-in takes an hour but <laughs> sometimes the so, bar takes an hour exactly <laughs> exactly so anyway I, I think the other thing with that is communicating the time that you're going to close being flexible, but don't keep extending the time that it's going to close. If you, if you have to extend the, if you have to extend the auction, go ahead and do it as a one time, you know, thing, but continuing the extension. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with, or I don't agree with. And then, um, using a countdown timer. Yep. To create that sense of urgency. Exactly. And that's when you make that decision, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's the one thing that a lot of people walk into and they're like, well, this is the time I want to close the auction. You should walk in and it should always be an open-ended. You know that you feel that what's going on with the crowd, how's the event, go- are the bars stocked? You know, are they going fast? Are they not right. going fast? And then you just make that decision. You know what? Eight o'clock. Yeah, we're done. Start your auction timer. So now every time that I'm standing in the bar line and I look, I see, oh, there's two hours left. There's an hour and a half left. I totally mm-hmm. agree. Right. 
But those timers drive behavior. Yes. Right? Yes. And so going back to my video game days, especially like Super Mario Brothers or whatever, you're playing that level. It has a time limit. Mm-hmm. Right, and the reason why is because it forces you to make decisions. It It forces you to do things. So anyway, those things definitely it's it's all part of this gamification concept. Yep. And so when we're talking about competition, gamification is is basically taking game like elements, Mm -hmm. leaderboards, you know, countdown timers, you name it, and applying those things to business. Yeah. Tasks like like this, so like an auction. So, anyway, we have those in Hambit, and and I think they do work very effectively at the auction category or item level. Mm Yeah. So you want to promote an item, put a timer on it. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And get people to drive to to bid on it. When your ability to reach them, like you said, the push notifications are huge. Right. Where you can not only do I get the timer, but now as an auction manager, I can message and say you've got five minutes left. So maybe I wasn't looking. Well, and that that almost goes into um, one of our other topics. With that is providing live updates. Yep. And communicating. Mm -hmm. Live updates and communicating, and Mm -hmm. it also brings up a sensitive and touchy subject around extending items. Yeah. Right. And so. Let's talk about extending items for a second since we're on it. I mean, so there's it, there's a common, I wouldn't say common, but i say a popular tactic these days is to turn on extended bidding on mm-hmm. items to basically combat that, you know, what you call that, you know, bidding, that last second bid that comes in, you know, the bid snipers yep. who, like, there's software on eBay that does this for you, right, that will literally steal the bid from you at the last second. And, um you know, there's there's are there are ways in like most of the software these days to get around that, like a max bid, right? You could put a max bid on an item, and and it basically should reflect the maximum price you would be willing to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, but people don't put the max in, right? Okay, they put like a little bit below their max, mm-hmm. right? And then they get <laughs> yeah. mad when they get a bid, <laughs> yeah, totally. But <laughs> but if you had a max bid in there and it went for above that, you should be psychologically okay, right, and emotionally right. okay with yeah. losing it, saying I didn't want to pay that price. Um, and so that would combat that, but people don't put those in and, right. and you see that more so I would say on the commercial side yep. than the, than the charity side. Right. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And as it, you know, when you ask people like, why not? It's like, well, because a lot of commercial, I would say experienced commercial auction bidders do not trust the auction houses. Nope. And even in in-person bidding, like having done it before. And it's, I worked for a very reputable auction house, but you still had this, this feeling from some of your bidders that things weren't always above board, which they were. But it's, I think it's a normal skepticism of, it is. of, a, of a buyer. Yeah. There's a concept of something called shill bidding. And, yep. and when you kind of employ shill bidding, what ends up happening is that, you know, it's illegal, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so don't go off and don't do, do it. it. But if you had, as an auction host, if you had internal knowledge of where somebody's maximum bid price was, you could conceptually bid against them, right? Yep. Right. Or have your friend bid against them to get them to their maximum price. Mm-hmm. And so in all these mobile bidding softwares, you typically know that. Right. Right. Because it's posted in the system just so for, for bid auditing purposes, you understand why items went for whatever price. That doesn't mean that you can use that information to your to, advantage. Right. Right. right? Um, and so, but, so you have extended bidding and extended bidding is supposed to, you know, address the issue of last minute bids. And in a lot of, ca- not all, but in a lot of cases, you can, you can expand your revenue with extended bidding. Right. But you can also. Upset your bidders. Yes. 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 You've lost your donors for next year. Yeah. You, you could. So it's a, it's a trade off. You, you break that trust. Yep. Because. Mm-hmm. Because you will always have somebody 
who's going to say to you, you said the item was going Ending to it. close at 8. Mm-hmm. Why did it get extended? Right. It got extended because we have this tool that will extend it if a last-second bid comes in. Well, they to were emotionally the, done at 8. To create right, 8 o'clock war. came around, yeah, yeah. and they, they didn't even look at their phone. Right. They went off to the dance floor thinking they won. And they didn't realize it got extended, even though it didn't, even though they've been notified, texted, whatever. Right. So anyway, um, we had extended bidding and hand bid, and we took it out for that specific purpose because it was pissing all these people off. Right. And we're adding it back in now, okay? We rebuilt it to work quite differently. But either way, like, it's just one of those things that you just have to be careful with. One of the yeah. part that's hard is, you know, if you're in a commercial a commercial situation, right? There's T's and C's, right? You've got your terms and conditions and not everybody, nobody reads them if we're being honest, but at least right. you can always point to them and be like, there's my T's and C's. You are an experienced um, auction buyer. You know what it is, but right. your your gala event is completely different, right? Because Joe, who's there, has this is his first auction ever and he doesn't understand how it works. So right. exactly what you said is communication, right? Yes. That we're going to be have doing to, if this. If you communicate that yes. we are doing this. Well, and, and I think a, a similar one to that would be item reserves. Exactly. Yes. We don't see these a lot on the on the charity side. No. Okay. But they're quite common on the commercial exactly. side. Exactly. And I think I think reserve prices are are okay. Yeah. But people don't understand no. what a reserve well, in my exp- experience. Explain what it is for our audience in case they don't. So the reserve price is the minimum that that the item can sell for. So you can you can have a reserve price of five hundred dollars, and you can start the bidding at a hundred. But if I bid at a hundred with a bid increment of twenty dollars, the next available bid is one twenty. I'm the highest bidder. I'm not winning it. But I'm not winning it because the item cannot sell below five hundred. So if I want to win that item, I've got to continue bidding. And at this, this is when I can outbid myself mm-hmm. to get the item. In hand up. bid, yes. In hand yes. bid. Yes, yes, yes. In hand bid. Hand bid does <laughs> let you outbid yourself if you're below the reserve. Right. We're that generous. Well, I think that's the part yeah. that is hard, right? And that's where an organizations have to determine because it can confuse the heck out of bidders, right? So again, yes. if you're a commercial space, people know. They're like, right. you know what? This is an auction with reserve. I understand that there's items that aren't going to go below a certain a certain amount. But as an auctioneer, aren't you, you're supposed to announce that, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, and more than often, you would you would make an assumption that all auctions are are with reserve mm-hmm. is unless someone says it's an absolute auction. If they say it's an absolute auction, then it sells for whatever the price. If I say a dollar, if I ask for 50, you tell me a dollar, it's selling for a dollar because that is the best price I could get. Right. So mm-hmm. you would make the assumption that all auctions are with reserve unless it's otherwise stated. Yeah. Um, and so that is the hard part is like as an organization, how many items do you want to, do you want to offer in your silent that have a reserve? Cause then that confuses the heck out of people. Right. Right. You're like, wait, why? I, I just bid a hundred dollars, even though it says reserve, they don't get it. Well, we right. tell them. So in hand bid, the way it works, if you set a reserve price, which again, 1% or less of our charity clients do it and 99.9% of our commercial clients do it, they'll set that reserve price. And if you bid below the reserve, Handbit immediately tells you you're the highest bidder, but you're below the reserve. You need to bid again. Awesome. And it tells you that to your quote unquote winning. So you're never really winning the right, item. Correct. Um, so, but you are the highest bidder. And so that's kind of the distinction there. But, but it, it is something that, you know, can also confuse bidders. Oh, yeah. Right, if they don't understand what's going on. And, and what we see a lot in the commercial space is those reserves are set by the seller. In yep. a lot of cases, that's not the auction house. It's the person who ultimately- It's your consigner. The, it's mm-hmm. the yes. consigner. And sometimes they're running into the back room saying, you have yeah. any flexibility on this reserve? Because we're really close to it. Like, yep. I mean, your reserve is 200 grand and we're at 175. Like how- like, Are you willing to do that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just to see if we can get something sold. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuff, but. 
And a lot of times, too, those reserve prices, if it is a consigner, that's an emotional right. price a lot of times, right? Or sometimes yeah. it's it's a cost. Yes, right. yes. No, I agree with that for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about um, promotion. We, I mean, and just kind of how do we get people excited about this is another good tactic to kind of get people emotionally charged about mm-hmm. items. Because we talked about promoting the item in the room, making it snow or <laughs> you know, the, the live band or whatever else that we saw with some of these things. But um, let's talk a little bit about what, what can we do in advance to kind of get people emotionally attached. So they are driving in the car saying, oh, I am on that beach sipping that Mai Tai. Yes. Right. Put me in. Um. Yeah, sharing stories. If if the item is a repeat item, sharing stories of somebody who previously um, went on that trip. I love that idea. And it's also just that general promotion, right? So it's like picking, you know, the two weeks leading up to your event. How are you using social media? You know, are you showing, um, you know, actually Lori helped us with that. Are you show, showcasing your donor as well as your item? Yeah. Hey, look, this came from Marissa Walters and it's her beach house here. She's a member of your community. Look at what she's offering us. And now again, I'm seeing it. I know Marissa. I want to honor her. Like, I'm like, oh, that's so great that she donated that. And then I see your beach house and I want to be there. Right. So I'm seeing it on your story on Instagram or on your Facebook post or TikTok. TikTok, however you use your marketing right. to your people. I think it's I think it's very smart. So you have to have your stuff kind of organized, organized and prepared. Yes. Yeah. But you know, if you've got a Sometimes really cool item, <laughs> you got a really cool item, mm-hmm. then showcase it. Yeah. Right. Get people excited about it. And right? it doesn't always have to be the live item either. Like I tell people all the time, you may have something that's really cool that maybe you don't feel is live live auction worthy or your auctioneer doesn't want to sell it live, but it's really cool. Promote the heck out of it because now you're also making people look at your silent auction. Right. Because they're like, wait, where is this item? And now they're in your silent seeing all your other items along with that really cool one. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it for sure. Um, so when we're doing this, okay, and when we're promoting items or we're displaying them and everything else, we need to make sure that we're being upfront. Yes. yes. You need to have all your information. So we talked about T's and C's. This is not the batteries not included in <laughs> exactly. fine print in the buried corner, right? Right, exactly. Well, and I think that's the one thing I do love about um, Handbids like, display is it says fine print. Right. So that I can look at that and I see this awesome beach house and I'm so excited to go to it. But then I look down and I say, oh, it's only offered one week a year. Well, at least mm-hmm. I know, right? And I'm walking in with open eyes and I'm not surprised after the fact that there was a cleaning fee that I had to pay right. or when I wanted to go over the 4th of July and you're like, no, no mercy, you can go for Thanksgiving, you know? So right. mm-hmm. I think that's the huge we thing is the communication. We see a lot of disputes in this area, you guys, mm-hmm. a yes, lot. We do. And, and not, we don't see a lot of disputes. Let me just point that out. But <laughs> when we do see a dispute, it's it is that. always it's this. largely around this. And it's like, and we're dropping in fine print. We worked with a, a fairly national organization that's a hotel chain that had a lot of properties auctioned off. Mm-hmm. And it looks amazing. Oh my God, I have a week in Napa. This is awesome. And then when you read the fine print in the, like it wasn't even in the brochure, it's in the certificate. Oh. Read these certificates, you guys. And it's like available August 8th through 16th. <laughs> Must book by. Yes. And it's like- Ooh. One week of the year? That's it? Right. Mm-hmm. It's some free week they had. I'm yep. like, no. Like, I mean, we put it up in the auction. Right. But like, 
it has to work for somebody, but at least they could see it up front. That Absolutely. This is what it was, right? When it's even like, it's hard because you, you want your, your, pre, your presentation at the event to be real pretty and gorgeous. Right. But there's also those moments that sometimes you want to add that if it's a really key thing, like it's that one week, you would have it on the brochure, but you might even add it to that slide that's behind the right. auctioneer. Yes. So that I already am looking at that. I'm invested, but then I look at that date and I, I have an open mind. Okay. I can right. only go that date. I look at my phone. I can go cool, but yeah. I'm not after the fact have dismayed that I can't do it. Right. Yeah. You know, and if you can mitigate some of this stuff, mitigate it. Like, yeah. I remember we used to sell these Costa Rica, like, luxury homes. We had, like, four or five of them. Zero transfers, okay? Mm. I'm thinking, okay, we just sold a house for 7000 bucks, 8000 bucks for the week, and they got to figure out how to get from the airport two hours away to this place. And so I'm arguing with the host, like, you know, who we were doing right. this consignment item with. I'm like... You got to fill this gap in. Like, I don't even want this to be a fine print item. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I people do not want to hassle with transportation when they arrive in, in Costa country. Rica. Yeah. Yes. Right? So, figure it out. You mm -hmm. know, and they're calling me up like, well, you can't figure it out. I'm like, figure <laughs> it out. Like, I mean. Or that's, not selling it. Right. That's the bundle mm -hmm. you need. So, sometimes some of these little fine print things, you should probably just fill in yourself. Right. Agreed. Oh, that's a great idea. And then, you know, last but not least. Trust and reputation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's work with people that we trust and we admire and we respect. And, you know, don't go by, the, don't go with the fly by night consigner that. Yeah. <laughs> and ask your you've, friends, you've right? You vetted them. Yeah. Totally. That's always, mm -hmm. you know, you, if you are a nonprofit and someone reaches out to you, go to your other, you, I'm sure you're part of an organization, the professional nonprofit um, fundraisers, ask them, have you ever heard of this company? Right. Cause that is the scariest. There, there, there's a bunch of them out there and they approach us all the time. Yeah. And so use your resources. Have you ever heard of this airline? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> There's a curtain between the people and the <laughs> livestock in the back. Don't worry. <laughs> there may be a seatbelt. We'll see. It may yeah. cost extra. We'll you know, it's funny. I went on a mission trip to Rwanda, and I thought about this would be an amazing auction item, but there's some things you have to reveal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's so, a lot to tell. <laughs> where you're going, you're going to leave the highway after three hours, and you are going to be on four-by-four four rocky dirt roads for an hour and a half <laughs> just to get to this place. Yeah. You will take a shower that is coming say, out of a, really no a run, shower. No running water. <laughs> no it's running coming water. out of a tank. It's gravity. It's someone above you just pouring a bucket. Yeah. But <laughs> but the place is great. I mean, and you can talk about all the good things and kind of, you know, how spiritually awesome it is. But Absolutely. at the same time, there's some things that you just need to make sure you need that to you're, make, re yeah. Yeah. you're revealing you to gotta people. you got to disclose this information. I think so. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, so. and you can put a little cute spin on it like it's so charming oh, oh look at the verbiage she's <laughs> yes. using <laughs> for Lisa's sure your wordsmith don't you worry yes <laughs> i know you might my, my daughters and actually your daughter went on this trip with yes. me and the interesting thing was i said you just got to be a good sport you're in a foreign country you're gonna be they were all great sports trust me as teenage girls trust me that they, they, they were great sports mm -hmm. the funny part though at the very end the was goat. when they walked down the <laughs> stairs with the roasted goat that still looks like a goat oh my god <laughs> It was fantastic, by the way. I'm but sure. They're looking at it going, going. Like, <laughs> I'm supposed to eat that? <laughs> His name was Bob. I'm like, Bob. <laughs> Dude, I set that up and I didn't even mean to. That was amazing. <laughs> I know. We don't have any fun on this podcast. We We're going to leave it with that. And there we go. That was awesome. You guys, that was great. We talked about a yeah. lot of psychology stuff, competition, fear of losing where you start your items, configuring bid increments, social influence. Mm -hmm. Remember, 
be the first to order at the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of the stuff around presentation. It was a great conversation. Yeah. yeah. So let's wrap this up because I think people are sick and tired of hearing from us. Uh, so this will be the uh, end of this episode of the Elevate Your Van podcast. We really appreciate Marissa. Elise, thanks for being with us today as we've talked about the psychology of bidding. And we wish you all the best in your next fundraiser. Until then, happy fundraising. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Elevate Your Event. A huge thank you to our guests for sharing their invaluable insights. If you enjoyed our show, please take a moment to leave us a review. You can find us on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe for more great content. And if you're a fan of video, check us out on YouTube. Until next time, happy fundraising. Happy fundraising.